James. Good morning, Willem. How's it going? Good. It's been a long time. Yeah, we've had a three weeks break. Like I was gone for two weeks and it goes fast. So fast. I, I, I This is one of the most recurring, um, the, one of the most reliable things I've been doing for the past year. And it's still very, very difficult to keep up with the regularity of, of just this weekly appointment at a regular time. Well, I tend to move my schedule quite a bit and or travel. It's also because we're so cool and we've got so many other things that we do on a Sunday morning. We're such cool, amazing people. Yes. You're the in international I, I turned man down of another mystery. invitation to go exercise this morning. It was very difficult to turn that one down. <laughs> well, it depends on the kind of exercise. Uh, I don't know. Some kind of, uh, I don't know. I was just told about it yesterday. You know how the okay, there's installations for exercising that are public in the parks and stuff. Yeah, like yeah, that. yeah. There's one. I'm sure the there's park, some in London as well. So somebody with a group of people doing, I don't know, exercises with the public exercising facilities. We just had some 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 serious power muscle thing, <laughs> I think, from what I understand. Uh, we've had some exercise equipment installed in our school for the pupils. And oh. I think it's been damaged already. But, yes. you know, they're kids. What are they going to do? Break stuff. Damage equipment? <laughs> yeah, that's what we would do when we were young. So today's question is a bit like that kind of comparison. I noticed when I... I, almost question... I feel like I forgot how to answer the questions, but then again, I never knew. No, that's so fine. And we never do. Hopefully it'll be fine. I'm like, have I read enough stuff these days? I don't think I have. <laughs> but today's question may, when I read it, and part of the reason I chose it, you will become apparent, it made me think of what was it like when I was 15, 16, or 12, 13, and how has it changed to now? And I, I think that's what's going on in the heart of the question, but we'll, I'll be interested to get your take on it. So... Yeah. This is the start, and I'm going to say this, is, this question is the starting point, and it will go who knows where, as usual, because it is called Teaching Tangents for a reason. So today's question is, what do teachers think about sex education, especially for LGBTQ plus teens? Oh, it's the Pride Month question. It is, but it was, origin it was originally Pride. LGBTQ but of course, certainly in my experience of it, it's been expanded to LGBTQIA+. So the question again, what do teachers think about sex education, especially for LGBTQIA+, teens? I'm not sure I know how to answer that question at all. Uh, I, but that's why part of the reason I'm asking it. <laughs> Sure. <laughs> it feels like I should go and ask, and I still don't really consider myself to be a proper proper teacher. I'm not, I'm not a full-time employed teacher, that's for sure. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm not teaching teens. Uh, and I don't know what all the sex education programs are like, so I'm not sure how much of an opinion I have. Given the beginning, I mean, just to be uh, very specific on the wording of the question like what do teachers think i'm like well i should go and talk to teachers i can tell you what i think 
mm. a little bit, but I have very little to no knowledge of what's going on in sex education programs. And it's probably different from one country to another. It's, I mean, it's definitely different from one country to another. And even myself as a teacher, I don't teach sex education. I don't really get involved or have been involved in it. Although I am a form tutor, so I do have a group of teenagers who engage and talk about all this kind of stuff. But most of my teaching is all older and it certainly isn't in the realm of science or biology or soci. Well, I suppose it's a bit sociology, but it doesn't really, it doesn't, I don't really get into that. I would also say, I mean, the, the pride approach is interesting. Yep. But even if you, I guess, even if you are teaching sex education to teenagers, you don't necessarily know what their sexual orientation is. Plus they, they might not know what it is. Yep. Yep. Uh, so I think that sure you would want to teach. I mean, I don't know. I think it's important to teach that there are different sexual orientations mm -hmm. uh, and there are different ways to approach sex. Uh, and there are different, you know, men attracted to women, women attracted to women, men attracted to men, people not really interested in sex, people interested in having a loving relationship, but not necessarily a physical one, that sex is not only penetration, penis and vagina, that, uh, I mean, I could go on on the number of things that I believe are probably important and like either directly or not directly related to LGBTQIA+. Uh, making sure I'm not forgetting any of the, the acronyms. I know, it's, it's tough. Um, well, there's more and more acronyms because there's more and more, you know, different identify, identif people identifying with different uh, sexual orientations, I suppose. Um, I think it, the, the idea of inclusion, I think, is really important. But at the same time, the, I know the moment I choose to identify as something, like a heavy metal fan or somebody from india originally kind of but it's not really but you know the moment i choose to identify as something then there's immediately a not thing so uh, yes but you're also i would also just like caveat what you're saying with the choosing part yeah okay the yeah identity yeah, yeah, yeah. Not, yeah, is not necessarily yeah. just generally and not, yes that's true as well. it's, but it might not be identified as well when you're a teenager yeah or there's other people that are just questioning which is the other q q is yeah and I, I wasn't just or, talking about or. yeah I wasn't also with two cis guys one white guy one brown guy talking about this where i'm like okay well, there's going to be some dangerous territories where we could go and venture but let's just we're okay let's just say that we might venture in dangerous territories where we don't know what we're talking about we're trying yeah. to do it as benevolently as possible you should go and check with the experts <laughs> yeah and and i think it's but but is the that, very is fact that a fair like I think the, the fact you're saying that is like we we are willing to talk about it, and we know we are talking from a position of certain amount of privilege and perspective that we don't under and we won't always understand other people's opinions, but we're willing to be open and learn. You know, leave a comment, correct us, let let us know if, if there's something we've missed or a perspective we're because we're learning as much as we're exploring and adventuring and questioning and offering answers. That's the point of teaching tangents. And that's the point, I think, of a good lesson where the person teaching or facilitating it is learning as much as possible as well. It's an exploration. I think that's one of the reasons I love conversations with you is an exploration. But when I said choose, I didn't specifically, I wasn't specifically talking about gender sure I know that or sexual identity. I, I, I wanted to 
I'd, yeah, uh, and that's why I said choose about heavy metal. I specifically chose like so. The moment I say that I am a, a heavy metal fan and I start wearing heavy metal t-shirts or doing the things associated with that particular culture subculture, even I for me music was definitely my identity. It still is. It's a huge part of who I am. Then straight away, there's all the people who aren't that. And then not only all the people who aren't that, all the people who, I want to say not, not that. So kind of the third group. The people who might judge you, the people who might. Yeah. I'm thinking in terms of Which happens a lot in teenagehood. In teenage years, you're trying out and experimenting and finding what your group or your tribe is, and which includes, um, you know, dressing like a heavy metal fan or a grunge guy or wearing t-shirts and insisting on wearing t-shirts even though I should be wearing shirts and of course people take like people listen to you differently people listen to me and look at me differently when I'm wearing a shirt and jacket than when I'm wearing a t-shirt yeah 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 it's Um, surprising but yes no it's not so I mean it's just you know we 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 automatically judge people don't we? I mean, anybody who thinks they're not judging people is deluded. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But, you know, we look and we automatically have a sense of like framing and organizing and classifying or, or labeling people based on the way they look and, and based on our references and our frame of reference for that. Um, sorry, that's slightly different again, but we can't help it we do it automatically and most of the time you don't even realize that you're doing that even if you're trying to not judge people uh, but that's a conscious effort that comes afterwards this is back to system one system two from Daniel Kahneman we automatically uh, have um, ways to you know our system one is automatically making um, shortcuts to be able to evaluate Mm -hmm. the world around us and that's one of the ways we do that one of the ways we do that is just without, well, one, we don't pay, pay attention, but if we do pay attention before we, there's conscious attention, there is some kind of effort of, okay, dude in a suit, um, probably more trustworthy, not trustworthy, but just, you know, not the, <laughs> Maybe same not, more trustworthy. The, not the same category as the person in the black leather jacket metal person with long hair. You're like, oh, just, you don't even think because even when I'm putting words to it, that is a conscious thought. So it goes mm. further than the borderline unconscious system one automatically just assessing the world around you based on your frame of reference. Whatever your frame of reference is, if you like heavy metal, then you might think, oh, okay, cool guy. Or if you don't, you're like, oh, dirty person with long hair, not trustworthy. Just like, you know, whatever. <laughs> whatever your, whatever your code is. <laughs> but, but, but that process of instant I, I like the way you said it actually we don't even think it's so how it is no, that it's it's not even the thought of like you know I, I've I've made the mistake I've been in conversations and made an assumption about someone's sexual identity or and and I have have I done it with gender identity I haven't done it with gender identity but like because pronouns are everywhere but the certainly with someone's sexual identity I've made that mistake and and said and been corrected and being i think being afraid of making a mistake is 
is the challenge. Being willing to make a mistake and be corrected, I think, is, and being open, I think, is really important. And I, I think that uh, you're kind of like, eh, maybe. Is that what you did? No, I'm like, sure. I don't. I'm not sure what you're referring to. <laughs> well, I mean, the. I think what I'm referring to is that some people are very, very fixed in their ideas and opinions about everything, from gender identity, sexual identity, or, and and I've seen it with children and some of the people I teach as well. I get. I've been asked, "What do you think about the?" people who identify as or whatever uh, do you do you do you believe that gender and sex are binary like this like the tooth they're, and then that's because the young people are looking for looking to me to give an answer and i can't mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't always know i don't but the but i like to think that treating people with respect is yeah. important sure i think it's but a good start it's but then how do you do that to treat people with respect? How do you know whether you're treating someone with respect, do you think? Wow, that's a whole other question. <laughs> um, well, if you're nice to them and not insulting and not mean, and generally, if you're nice to them, you treat them like you would want to be treated. Yeah. I mean, it sounds really basic, but it's kind of where it starts, isn't it? So that mean, have you Talk ever... To them I mean, like another person? I don't know. Have you ever intern- unintentionally insulted just someone? Another, huh? Have you ever unintentionally insulted someone? Probably. I don't necessarily know. They have to tell me, or I have to notice. And people I mean, don't I know always say. Sure I, I know that I have. But I also know that sometimes I don't know that I have. If the person doesn't tell me anything, and yeah, yeah, doesn't okay, tell me I they see feel what insulted. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I seem to, I seem to come across people who I either unintentionally insult and tell me, or unintentionally insult and don't tell me. I seem to do that a lot in my job. I don't know if I don't, I, I don't know if I do that a lot or not. I'm sure that I used to do that a lot more than I do now, but I've had a lot less interactions with a lot of new people in the past year. <laughs> so. Um, and or I think the benefit of uh, a bit of age and wisdom and practicing things like meditation, et cetera, also helps to a certain extent. Uh, and it helps to a certain extent on not coming, not, not saying every single thing that it comes to mind, including a lot of offensive things. Oh, okay. I turn down on how much, how much offensive stuff I spew. <laughs> or potentially offensive that I just think is funny. And I think there's also just like studying and appreciation for the fact that people tend to think differently than I do and don't find the same thing offensive. So I don't, I think I don't, I don't do that as much as I used to when I was younger. I think, I don't know. And there's also the times have changed on what's culturally and politically acceptable to say or not say. <laughs> And yeah. or there are a lot of things yeah. that were that seemed to be acceptable, but they were just offensive to a lot of people, which well, that's a whole other ball game. And I'm I'm being vague because it's difficult. I mean, I don't even know what to say that would be. I don't I don't want to be purposefully offensive anyway, necessarily. Um, but you know, 
No, we don't know. But <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm. I, I don't know where I'm going with this. Well, when, uh, another another thing. So I started the the question before I said the question. I said when I read the question, it made me think of how much times have changed and how different it was when I was a teen. And certainly, when I was a teen, I don't remember thinking about gender and sexual identity in the range of ways that we do now it like it just no. no i didn't i didn't even i don't think i had a concept of homosexuality really i think the first time i heard how it old are you talking about an, i'm talking so the, i remember actually the first time i heard the idea of homo homosexuality was only as an insult and i was 11 and i vaguely knew that it meant it was a guy who liked guys and it was only ever used in the context of an insult but that was it uh, we did use a lot of context of an insult but then i look at my and this is also maybe a testament to times either times changing or the social circles that we hang around i guess mm -hmm. um but i remember explaining well my brother explaining to my nephew who was five about homosexuality just but but not really like for a five-year-old so oh there's just you know there's a guy who likes another guy so yeah you, can, you know there's men that love men and women that love women and men that love women that's just uh how it goes okay cool can i go play now yeah you like <laughs> it doesn't really take much more explanation than that for the five-year-old yeah that's true it's just yeah. like that's it's a thing you know there's a couple of friends they're just uh, two men that love each other okay cool <laughs> because there was there was certainly none of that kind of conversation and obviously for teenagers it could be a lot more there can be more than that for the teenagers but yeah um a, a lot of the stuff i learned later in life was also just the whole sex positive conversation uh, whatever sexual orientation and that's something i do recommend for teens um so to check out podcasts and or uh, I regularly read from the the R Sex Reddit um, subreddit. It's sex. What's just it like called? There's a lot of. It's called Sex R R slash Sex. The oh, subreddit okay. about sex. The subreddit. Okay. Yeah, it's a big subreddit about sex. There's people that share about their whatever sexual experiences stuff. And there's a wide range of really interesting comments it's generally a pretty good and benevolent community i'm sure there are others of the kind uh, around sex the general idea of sex positive which i am not even sure what, what the right definition is but like body positive and like everything else it's just the idea that while well, the whole range of sexual activities and discussions let's talk about it let's talk about what it means let's talk about all sorts of different stuff and and, the, and that if you include more education and communication, mm -hmm. you will have a better experience uh, of sex in general because it's a part of life. Mm. And uh, whether that's learning to know what you like and what exists and what is out there, how to express it, how to go past, you know, I don't know, any kind of fear or embarrassment about discussing what you want or don't want with your partner, imagining, um, assuming there is one or no partner, whatever whatever's going on. There's tons of different advice on the side of the podcasts. I used to listen to a bunch. I'm not listening to a lot at the moment, but there's uh, the super famous one, which is Dan Savage's webcast. 
Yeah, and Savage, uh, it's a, that one's a, um, uh, it's an advice discussion and advice. <clears throat> so there's like a, a uh, answering machine. People leave questions about their sex and relationships and uh, he answers them. So he's, you know, it's a little bit like a radio host, traditional radio host. Okay. And he talks about, he, he happens to be gay uh, and he has millions of people that listen. He's quite influential in the sex and relationships arena. <clears throat> uh, there is the guys we effed because to keep you, this a, just uh, a second you said Dan Savage was super famous I've never heard of it in the sex and relationships arena oh okay all right I'm feeling a bit he's, like I should have he heard of it I, I don't know maybe you should have maybe not I mean what when I, I learned about him a few years ago, I'd never heard about him, and I was told he was famous. Okay. I mean, famous is famous relative, right? Yeah. He has a large listenership. Well, you said probably in in the, in the millions. Millions in the millions. There's a lot of people who are on the radio that have listenerships in the millions that I've never heard of. I don't listen to the radio, so it doesn't, you know. True. I'm sure there are some of them talk about sex and relationships. Okay. Um, Anyway, there's a bunch of others. The Ladies We Eft is a sex positive slash comedy. Two women talking about sexual experiences. Uh, it started out by talking about their past sexual experiences and then talks about all sorts of other stuff. Like, um, well, for example, one powerful episode. I, I mean, uh, I'm not necessarily a huge fan of them. It's, they're very much, it's very much for women, but I mean, there's mm -hmm. a lot of guys that listen as well. Um, but for example, that was a few years ago. I listened to one episode that was just really, really powerful uh, and a bit harrowing. They had they talked about rape, and they had a lot of uh, people send them letters, and they spent one hour long episode just reading out letters of people's experiences with rape. And yeah, it wow. was a uh, it was quite eye opening or ear opening to a man. Also, when you get interested in this kind of stuff and you realize how much, um, one, how much everybody's like you, everybody's got questions about sex, everybody's got yeah. hangups, everybody's got things that they yep. don't understand. And if you're yeah. a teenager, you're just getting started. So it's completely normal that you have questions. You don't know anything. Hmm. Uh, you know, when, when were you supposed to know this stuff? But because you're just starting your active sexuality period, and uh, a lot of older people are learning, you know, I, I learned the stuff I'm talking about about sex positive much later in life. And I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. It's a lot of uh, things I didn't know about uh, how this all works. Um, and uh, so, so, and it's, you know, it can be quite an embarrassing thing. We, we in the Jujir Christian world, uh, Western world, yeah. generally speaking, it's, been and still is depending on the family you grew up in mm -hmm. very much something that has been for a very long time shunned and not spoken about and wrong and uh all sorts of varieties and flavors of this kind of stuff let alone like not even speaking about the lgbtqia plus uh, all the people in any kind of minority mm. of sexual orientation or uh, fetishes kinks whatever um, all this kind of stuff are things that are difficult to talk about, that you might chuckle, that is it like possibly embarrassing to talk about. Uh, I'm sure that the people teaching sex education at school, it really is like any topic. 
it's going to depend on your teacher. Uh, they'll it probably is. mean well, uh, but how good or not it is, uh, just like any other subject, like you probably don't even have that much time with it if you're in high school and studying sex education. So I would, I think you can consider that as just a, a, a slight a door opening into something. And if you want to learn more, and there's no reason why not, mm. uh, then you got to do some more studying on your on your on your end. Yeah, I read actually a funny story in the um, in the, the the sex subreddit of uh, of a teenager who just had their first. They had the, so a teenager talking of the fact that they're an assiduous reader of the the subreddit. Yep, and uh, they were telling their story of being in a sex ed class. Uh, ah, okay. And the sex ed at their high school, uh, and the sex ed teacher. So it was meant to be a session of like open questions and. Um, just participation mm -hmm. and the person telling their story described themselves as somebody who is pretty shy and reserved and mm -hmm. doesn't usually speak or say anything in class mm -hmm. and because they read the sex uh, subreddit had answers they found themselves answering all the questions and everybody <laughs> turning to them going what <laughs> <laughs> and answering all the questions like with really you know detailed knowledge of all sorts of sex positive things um and and to the point where even when somebody else was answering the class would look to him to check if like what he thought and whether wow and so because of that everybody thought he was a sex expert and his whole yeah. reputation changed from no reputation whatsoever yeah to uh sex ed and uh and that and he um he had sex as a result or or as you know not as a res direct result but indirectly he had an opportunity to go out with somebody and have sex for the first time that sounds like that program there was a netflix series wasn't there? Was sex education say, that sounds it's exactly possible that this story i read that was told as a true story was a fictional like that happened it's okay it's true read it. yeah 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 i'm i'm like i have no reason not to believe it it seems yeah. cute uh, it's entirely possible that it's a fabrication, um, but maybe not. And uh, and ultimately, if somebody says something like that, there's no. It was very detailed. There's no particular reason to imagine that he's lying. And people are like, "Good for you," you know. Yeah. Uh, and I haven't watched Sex Education. I heard it was very good, though. I still haven't watched it. I haven't watched it. A lot of pupils I teach watched it, and they think it's great. Although probably it was very good. More, probably more for the comedy rather than any of the, any of the topics about it. It's, it's, it's an interesting kind of idea. But what you're saying about sex education reminds me that certainly in my school and certainly growing up, I understood the mechanics. I understood the biology of a, a man and a woman having sex. I understood all that. You understood the mechanics? I mean, I yeah. realized how much I didn't understand the mechanics, and I still don't understand the mechanics because we're <laughs> not cars, and every person you're going to have a chance to have a sexual experience with is different. The basics, the basic of basics of reproduction, I understood. That's what I mean. Okay. Right. Got it. But the any kind of emotional, any kind of thing about relationships, anything about the actual experience of sex, nothing, nothing at all at school, from school, nothing. And some of the most useful. Yeah, I don't know how much that's, I don't know how much that is included in sex education or not. And see, how many hours of sex education do they have? Not a lot. I would. Not a imagine. lot. And, and that's what I'm drawing a distinction between the right. actual biological understanding of reproduction. Great. But the, 
the the day-to-day emotional sex positive stuff that you're talking about that is is different they're two different things and negotiating and understanding and discovering relationships and who you are within relationships is not really talked about at all it wasn't for me what what's been really good in my school is we've had someone come in and talk about relationships and sex and stds and stis and everything in a very positive open way and the this is someone who's been who's very experienced and gets asked the same kinds of question so knows how to address this having said that there's not very much about lgbtq plus or lgbtq tia that's it right plus relationships or experiences so it was very straightforward it was very open it was very useful but when it came to including that experience that side of it there's very little so i think there's i think there's two themes going i think there's a few themes going on there there's a separation of the biological side of reproduction for the actual kind of practical day-to-day experience and having the space to ask questions well, as well just, as I, not just being reproduction inclusive. just also just anatomy yeah 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 oh uh, yeah yeah but it was it's kind of i'm glad that things have moved on i'm glad it's different i'm glad it's more open than it was i mean probably i mean i'm i have no idea i don't know who's watching this where they are in the uk france or in the us or wherever else it's going to change from one place to another and it's good that you were talking about an expert i feel like i'm really not an expert in the area at all but what about your what was it like when you were at school how much sex ed did you have can you remember i don't think we had any i don't think we had any how would you define sex ed as well what how would you define sex education? I don't know. I just I heard there's a show on Netflix that has the title, and I heard other people say talk about sex ed. And I'm re-watching the West Wing, and there's a couple of episodes where they talk about sex ed in school. So I'm like, okay, that's a thing. Exists somehow. So you, um, does that mean nothing when you're at is school? there a sex ed in in is there a sex ed class in the UK? It's only it, it it would it would be under biology. Yeah, as far as I know, I think we we might have had like one conversation in biology class once about it, or I don't remember. It's entirely possible that I wasn't paying attention. <laughs> so, <laughs> I don't know. High school was a long time ago. I'm sorry. You don't. You can't remember anything like that. I can. Maybe I'm just. Maybe it's just me then that remembers stuff. No, like I that. don't think it's just you. It's me that particularly doesn't remember things. Well, I, I just it's somewhere, I guess. So I mean, I know that I, I did, I definitely did not have a, a sex education class named anything remotely close to sex education. It's entirely possible that I had something relating to the topic of anatomy of reproduction in biology class, but I don't know. I just don't remember. And it would have changed in the past 20 years anyway, 25. Yeah, because we're middle-aged cisgendered guys talking about yeah, you chose this question. It's a very bad question. I mean, it's a very good thing to talk about, but I'm like, I, I don't know what to tell you. Well, I mean, it is it is a challenging question, and I think it highlights the how much I, I think it shows how little conversation there is, maybe. Because because the the I'm not sure it does or it doesn't. 
I don't know. I think it does. Well, because I don't know. I literally do not know what's going on in schools these days related to sex education. It's easy and uh, um, a, a bit, if a bit, uh, uh, ah, what's the word? Um, Judge, uh, challenge? No, it doesn't matter. Just short-sighted, short-sighted or short -mind, uh, small-minded of me to think it's easy yet probably short-sighted or small-minded of me to think that sex education could be better than it currently is. But the truth is I have no idea how it currently is. So yes, it's probably could be a lot better, but I really don't know. So yeah, I'm happy to talk about like what we believe in it. I can share some stuff that I've heard and read, um, but I'm also not part of the audience that you're talking about. I think the most, the best way to talk, I mean, I, I, and again, this is where I don't know because I'm not part of the minorities, but, or I'm not part of those, uh, but I think that the best way to talk is to integrate all the different ways of different sexual orientations and, but then have a large, so all right, so you integrate and talk about the fact that there's uh, people, you know, there's gays and lesbians and transgender and gender identity and people feeling like one way or another, people that are fluid uh, in terms of gender identity, but maybe not in terms of, se of sexual orientation, et cetera. Like just integrate and explain all of that in the class and then include all of those people in the overall larger conversation about, you know, treating somebody with respect and what does that mean and et cetera. And it's easier said than done because mm. I, I don't know how many hours they have, and I don't know how much stuff they're supposed to cover. If you're talking literally in classes within school, which is why I was like, all right, well, probably one safe way to talk about it is to imagine that you're not gonna have a lot of hours and that you could easily go and spend more time on your own to find out about that, to find out about sex in general. Um, and I also know this because I think, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, whatever the topic is, there's generally high ambitions of what you're going to be able to teach in a school year, but only so many hours. So there's always more than you can actually possibly teach. And if you only have one hour a week or three hours in the whole school year of sex education, because I don't, I don't think it's actually one hour a week. It's probably one, one workshop here or there. No, I don't, I don't even no, know. No, that, that's certainly my, for, talking from what I know about schools and talking about my school, you have, all the subjects, you have the core subjects, maths, English, science, all the subjects everybody studies. And then you have a section of the curriculum, what's this called PSHEE, personal, social, health, ed ed education, that kind of thing. And within that, you're right, it will be like one thing in the year that might be about something to do with sex and relationships. In the meantime, everything else, all, all the other big issues get covered within that, so it, which might be the environment, where it might be the, the most recent thing. One of the things that we had in our school was a whole day all about the plastics and what plastic is doing to the planet. So it would be, and different schools do it in different ways. But I, I certainly, the amount of time, it's, it's, it's tiny. Yeah. because so all the exactly so of course sure it'd be great to talk more about the experience of lgbtqia plus people but if you only have an hour and a half in the whole school year 
and say like, okay, great, we could do something for Pride in June, perhaps. But also right now it's exam period, isn't it? It is. <laughs> yeah. So they have what's the priority? Is it is the priority to do the exams and look after that, or and I don't. I'm not saying you shouldn't do something for Pride, but I just to say I understand that the mindset and the priority of all the teachers and the schools are on the exams right now. Yeah, although uh, so, there are no public exams at the moment, and okay. certainly for the, the I know that the, my the, students are full on in exam periods. So yeah, the the groups, um, the year groups that are not taking public exams, have their exam week in my school next week, and yeah. the, the our school has devote has said that pupils can wear something to show part of pride week which i think is at the end of end of the month so they can wear something as they can that they can wear school uniform they can wear something to demonstrate being part of pride something week rainbow -like. something rainbow like and my certainly my form had really strong opinions about brands and companies jumping on they they my form certainly perceived it as brands jumping on pride some expressing something with pride and and they felt that it sure. was they felt it was hollow the, the, have you heard about the skittles have you heard the skittles one uh this year i haven't seen it now so skittles are doing skittles are, yeah. so they're already rainbow colored right so yeah, they're doing they've been taste the rainbow and they've been doing stuff for pride for years yeah so but i saw a packet of skittles that was all white just white skittles but you didn't know what flavor it was when you were eating it so but certainly my yeah they had really strong opinions about brands and companies so jumping on it and it, it means nothing it should be across the whole year or they should be you know they were very really like i was quite surprised at how strongly they felt about that that's funny they really that, did but, like but it particularly they usually describe them as not particularly feeling strongly about anything i mean i'm exaggerating but aside from like earning a lot of money in business i'm sure we're probably reducing your class or something well no They're my not. fault i talked about that with one of my students this week um and well it's become it's it's become a staple in most marketers calendars like christmas hmm it's like, you know, we're something for pride. So now it's big and accepted enough that we're going to do something marketing for pride. And most of the most of the pride parades around are like it's just halfway or more brands. Um, I, I mean, we could talk about whether that's a good thing or a bad thing. I was going to ask you that. What, the does truth it make is, a difference? Or is it just another thing? Does doing things. Not for so yeah. for the brands in their marketing calendars. Yeah. So I want to distinguish like what I'm talking about. Yeah. So if you're if you're doing marketing activities for a brand selling stuff, you look at your whole calendar and you look at all the occasions and activities. Plus, there's more and more of those because you need new things to talk about every day on Instagram or whatever. And so you have season seasonality. There's a big seasonality depending on your product category. Mm -hmm. But typically the big, let's say, Western countries, you're going to do something for Christmas, you're going to do something for Easter, you're going to do something for Mother's Day, and you're going to do something for Pride. Mm. Because it's become big enough and accepted enough that you are going to do something with for Pride because it's part of the marketing calendar. Uh, how much your brand believes in 
equal rights and acceptance of different sexual orientation. Mm -hmm. Well, it really depends on what the business is, uh, whether it matters to them that much. And uh, there's a wider point on whether a brand believes in anything or not. Uh, and what you believe they should be doing for society. Is it hollow? Yes, just like Coca-Cola selling Coca-Cola for Christmas. Yeah. I mean, uh, and if they, if a brand does something really cool and creative, will we celebrate it? Probably because it's cool and creative. If a brand does something that's really kind of like not great uh, and or a mistake, like uh, uh, did you see the Burger King activation for uh, the International Women's Day? Yeah. The women belong in the kitchen. Yeah. So that's a really interesting one on while they were edgy and creative, uh, and I think they miss uh, they were misguided uh, on or mistaken on how edgy and creative they could be versus the angry mob of the internet. And because the, that, and a mob, decision so like this that is what happened by to a explain, big company. So just to, yeah, because to, to briefly explain, uh, there are not a lot of so what Burger King did, and you can go look it up. What they did uh, this year, yeah, this year, uh, this year in March for International Women's Day, is they published uh, an ad in a newspaper. Yeah. That said, women belong in the kitchen. Uh, in big font and smaller stuff, explaining that uh, for it was a recruitment ad for women to join in the kitchen and denouncing the fact that most of the chefs and cooks and uh, people working in the kitchen are men and not women. So they, I mean, I'm sure they knew what they were doing. Burger King does a lot of edgy marketing stuff. Uh, so basically what they did was they tried a shock tactic to say women belong in the kitchen, but what they did, they didn't mean it in any kind of sexist or feminist or anti-feminist way mm -hmm. or traditionalist way. They meant it and there's not enough women who are hired and employed in the kitchen. It's a very misogynistic kind of environment and we want to encourage more women to come and work in the kitchen uh, professionally to be trained and to et cetera. Bon. Mm -hmm. So uh, of course it did not fly at all <laughs> uh, because the angry people on the internet don't go further than the headline and it was way too, uh, uh, you had to think past the headline to understand what the ad was about. And that was way too much for the internet. Now, I'm still not sure to this day whether it was distasteful or too, I mean, I think it was too smart for its own good, for sure. Um, probably written by guys. A lot of people were surprised. They're like, okay, I get the idea, but how did this fly past? That's sex? exactly what I was going to say. There's a whole decision-making process to that. It doesn't just happen. Like, how did it even get to the point where it was approved? I don't know. I wasn't there. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm um, okay. It just because you said, like, of course it didn't fly. Like, just I get a whole company, which I suppose it just shows, like, an entire company makes it as a whole. There's a whole world in the company that it just doesn't isn't aware of that collective kind of thinking where it approves something like that. Sure. 
But I mean, yes, and uh, you could also decide that actually we're going to do something that's edgy and challenge people a bit, mm. which I, I, I don't know, but I believe they knew they were doing that, but I don't think they realized how bad the reaction would be. But I don't know for sure. Looking back, it seems obvious, but I mean, hindsight's always twenty twenty, right? Exactly. There's a lot of things that have been published like that that, that were celebrated. Can you give an example? Uh, something that edgy or something really edgy that works? I don't know. I mean, maybe I'm maybe I'm maybe I'm saying something silly. I don't know. Um, let me think. Okay, I think it's something to change the register to change the register and to change the the, the point and, and use something easy uh, because it's a very big one is the Colin Kaepernick campaign with Nike. Ah, uh, yeah. Okay. Okay. That, yeah. that was very, it was very yeah. edgy. It was not, yeah. well, it was offensive to a lot of people that thought that what he did was offensive. Yeah. But it's on the, it's on the right side of woke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And that did kind of influence the brand positively. Yeah, even though some people were really, really angry and burned Nike shoes, uh, the stock went up, sales went up. Hmm. Now it's a, it's it's different because it's not they didn't um, they didn't make a statement that would anger some. Well, although it did anger a lot of people, I don't know. It's it's an interesting one because I was going to say it's not the same. But, but it's only not the same insofar as it's on the right side of woke. But isn't there's a isn't, lot of people that well, the feel Burger like King one have done was that. on the right side, surely? But the, the idea that we're trying not, to say, but they played around with that. They played with it by saying women okay. belong in the kitchen. Yeah, okay. It wasn't it was clear. on the wrong side. The, the the real message was on the right side, and yeah, they provocatively I mean. used that to get notoriety. But it went wrong. It didn't go. It didn't go the way they wanted, and they ended up having to apologize, even though they stuck by it at first. They're like, "Well, you got to read past it." Then there were just mm. too many people that were angry about it. It Difficult. was on the wrong side of woke because it was, you know, the main the main headline needs to be that men and women equally belong in the kitchen or something. But um, then it wouldn't have it wouldn't have grabbed people the same way. <laughs> No, not at all. It's, then it's not interesting. So I yeah, don't know. The There's also, certain... and I didn't, I didn't, I didn't study that one in too much detail. Uh, I don't know how much there's a whole big thing on. Well, I don't know about you know. Did you really want to play up the aspiration of going to flip burgers for Burger King in the kitchen? Really? Mm -hmm. is, it, is it? Do you really want to play on gender equality to go flip burgers in the kitchen? If that's what it's about, it's about the actual like you know, fancy restaurant kitchens. Then are you the right person to say something, Burger King? I don't know. <laughs> Probably not. So anyway, that took us a little bit further off from uh, from uh, Pride stuff. But yes, uh, Pride Month is uh, is now a marketing calendar activity. It's it's widely accepted and known, and um, and like most things in our society. We will uh, handle them in a capitalistic commercial function so that, uh, you know, make sales, not, not war. <laughs> <laughs> Is that a thing? Like, make sales, not war? 
I don't know. Maybe you just make that up just now. Yeah. I was thinking because I've been rewatching The West Wing, as I mentioned, and there's one episode where uh, there's uh, people protesting the World Trade Organization, and uh, Toby goes and talks to them, and uh, he just loves them. He, you know, he's making fun of how unorganized a mob and uh, how they are, and uh, making well, basically, just he, he makes the whole point. He kind of there's a bit of exposition explaining like why they're complaining and what why he thinks there's nothing to complain about is uh, basically the reason why we have trade is to stop wars. Trade stops wars. Instead of making war and fighting with one another, we've been selling things to one another yeah. in a capitalistic society. So that's the way we've uh, eliminated most things, uh, eliminated most and, and, you know, sexual orientation and accepting sexual orientation is going in, the, in that direction so oh, there's money to be made great let's let's, <laughs> let's accept those people if there's money to be made i mean it's it's a bit crass what i'm saying but there's a large part of this is true yeah and so it's funny to hear that your students are are like oh well, yeah the brands are taking over that and like well yeah uh of course but this but there's a dip see so what they, should they be doing my and, you, and a lot of them are a lot of them love brands, follow brands, buy brands, believe that brands should be included and involved in society, and then you don't want them doing things for pride because it's hollow. You know, like, I mean, yes and yes. The the it's students arguably, it should it shouldn't be hollow, but yeah. Sorry, what are they saying? The, the students that that are saying this kind of stuff are not the students that I teach. Okay. So they're, they're, I have a form group and I don't teach them. I just basically poke them as much as possible to about whatever it is to get them. Sorry, to, how do you, what's your relationship with them then? So I'm their form tutor. So I, I like take an interest in them, make sure they're okay pastorally, make sure they're like the, so if, if the student has an issue with something, they, I'm like their first port of call. But and do you have actually, interactions with them on a regular basis? Or yeah, every, I take the register with them every day. I have form time with them a couple of times a week. I give them the notices. It's that kind of relationship. So they... Okay, I don't... See, this is one thing that, like, the French schools are not organized like that. Oh, or at not? least okay. they weren't when I was in school. We had a head teacher uh, for a class. And is a form a class or a year? What's a form? So the... Okay, so in English schools, there's two yeah. bits. There's the subject side of it. That's called like that would be like heads of department, heads of subject, and then there's the pastoral side of it, which is the emotional well being. Pastoral, P A S T O R A L. You know, heard okay. that word? I so know it's a, the word, the pastoral symphony. Oh, okay. So this is more the context of emotional, social, how's school? Are you fitting in? Are you surviving? Like that kind of stuff. So I use the word surviving, that's kind of ridiculous, but the the if someone feels overwhelmed about something in and they don't know what what to do or how to deal with it most of the time they'll go and talk to their form tutor it's that kind of social support network that the form tutors have and then the form tutors report to the heads of year so the head of year doesn't in, in most schools in the uk does an assembly every week for the whole year group and that will involve some kind of uplifting positive message getting them thinking about something 
whatever it is. I don't think so, schools do any of that. They're like, just oh, really? go to class. That's it. Just maybe class the whole be, time? Really? Maybe there, there might be some, some speech from the head of the school at the beginning of the year or something like that. Not every week. So no, just go to class. You that's go see. So you, you come in and you go straight to your class, and that's yeah. it. That's it. And then you go to your next class, and you go, and then you yeah. go home. That's it. Yeah. That's it. I didn't know that. So I've I've been talking in terms. Yeah, and there's there's a, no, it's very different in France. And there's, uh, you know, you have class representatives, and there's going to be like a uh, some kind of like a school meeting, but not with all the students just of, of all the teachers once a trimester. But generally speaking, the day-to-day -day is you go you go and the bell rings and you go to class and that's it. Yeah, not like that in most schools. In the There's UK. one, generally one person in the school is responsible for, you know, well, they typically have a double job of like being responsible for discipline and well-being. So most people are scared of them and nobody goes and talks to them unless they have to. Now that is... Also, in, in any school in the UK, it tends to be the deputy head, everyone's scared of, and they're the ones in charge of the heads of year, who, like, you know, like the in charge of pupil well-being, whatever you want to call it. And, you, yeah, usually they're the people, ironically, they're the person who people are scared of, who you wouldn't expect to be the person in charge of, you have a problem, what do you do? I'll go speak to them. No, they're not, you wouldn't. Uh, and then we have a, the classes have a, uh, a a head teacher, but it's not the same thing as the as your role of head teacher. It's the teacher amongst equals that you will that is in charge of your class. So if I if the pupil has a need something, you will tend to go and talk to that teacher over others because they have an administrative responsibility over the class. Okay, and are you and in or, that? that they don't have any time dedicated to that responsibility, so you kind of just have to uh, grab a minute at the end of the class. And is that and they're teaching you a subject? Yes. Okay. Yeah, okay. So but you'll go from subject to subject with different teachers, right? In high school, yes. Okay. In middle school. So it's it's similar, it's it's different. So I get to have that time with my form and I just basically wind them up about life, the universe and everything, and say, you know. It's a fact. We're all going to die. So how long do you have? How, how much time do you have for them per week? Oh, uh, I might have two, 20, two or three 20-minute sessions. Okay. So I'm supposed to do a bunch of things. It's more than the French schools do. I, I, do, I don't sure. eat, and I don't even follow all, all the time what I'm supposed to do. Sometimes I will talk about something interesting and, and have a, an interesting discussion with them about whatever. And that was when they said to me, they felt that, it was they actually said it's all just capitalistic exploitation of another thing and yes, it all, it's all hollow it that's exactly what it said it, yeah that's exactly what they said so you know they're yeah. like that's they're, they're turning into good people because they're just questioning it. it's all about money and profit i'm like yeah yeah so they well i mean the the argument is that it's not all about money and profit it's about you know normalizing and integrating different sexual orientations through money and exploitation <laughs> through money yeah yeah and the, this is vastly arguable. I don't necessarily agree with that, but I think that's kind of the idea of what's going on. Yeah. Uh, and, and I know that we've drifted off the topic of the question massively because I don't, I don't really have anything else to say and we're getting close to the hour. 
Oh, we are. Oh, I didn't notice that. But the, um, sorry, they... I think we rambled completely. It might not, I mean, it's normal for us to ramble off topic, but I felt like I was like, I don't really have much else to say about this particular topic of the question, aside from probably, yes, uh, LGBTQIA plus should be taught more and integrated more in the sex education, but understandable, understanding that there is actually very, very little time dedicated to it altogether. Mm. Mm -hmm. So how do you prioritize that time? And unfortunately, it seems like it's going to be still down to the pupils to go and find out for themselves um, more information by watching the sex ed show on Netflix and listening to podcasts <laughs> and reading on Reddit and uh, talking amongst themselves, I guess. Probably talking amongst themselves might not be the most useful one. But the no, the more... but they probably will, right? Of course yeah. they will. Of course they will. But yeah, finding out for yourself, being willing to listen, being open, and treating everyone with respect. Yeah, and just like check what you find physically, or like what kind of uh, person bodies you find physically attractive. In case yeah. you're confused. <laughs> <laughs> very good you did the somewhat really well there oh, that well, that's, the this is my this is the wisdom coming from my big brother who taught me when i was a teenager i think I, I can't remember how we got onto that conversation once but i was wondering about homosexuality and and uh, uh something like how do you know how, how do you know what your sexual orientation is he was like well if you see a guy, do you, are you like, do you feel, have you ever seen and what looked at a guy and felt kind of aroused? And you have physical reaction sensations? I was like, I don't think so. He's like, well, then you're probably not gay. If you do, what's then that? maybe you are. What's the age gap? Uh, seven years. Uh, so I was probably like 15, 14, 15, and he was 22. And you asked him? Or it just came up and how does it come up in conversation? I can't remember the conversation. Well, no, we, we talked about it. I, I I don't know. We were talking about sexuality. He was probably joking. I asked a more serious question. I don't know. I'm making, I don't know what happened. I know that, that the end result was his, what I took to be complete wisdom. I was like, oh, well, because I, I was kind of worried about it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Worried not in a way. It was like, I was like, well, so I understand homosexuality exists. How do I know if I am? Mm. Or, or if I might have tendencies towards, or I was like, I don't understand. Um, and just to simplify, he was like, well, you know, does it give you a hard on if you look at a guy? I was like, not really. He was like, well, probably not then. If you're feeling sexually attracted or aroused and you have physical sensations in your body towards someone, mm. then you're attracted to that person, whatever the gender is. If you're not, then probably not. Can you still try things? Sure, go ahead, knock yeah. yourself out. Yeah. On on the foundation of respect. Sure. That's a great way to end. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs>